What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TamanBaseballFan.com. Uh, I don't know. I feel like this compulsive need to uh, do a, a podcast whenever I'm walking outside at night. <laughs> it's really kind of funny. Uh, I already did an interview earlier today. Uh, really good stuff. It was about uh, uh, the guy named Chris that sold his collection and uh, put all of his funds into uh an invention that he made, handsfreepopcornbucket.com. Uh, it was fun. It was, it was great. It was a very interesting story. Uh, but anyway, so I guess one time isn't enough for me, so here I am talking uh, once more. I want to talk about uh, uh, really kind of the, <laughs> I don't know, just kind of like a, a conglomerate of things, I guess, uh, that has to do with uh, uh, circling around the idea of cardboard addiction so uh it's kind of funny because uh you know obviously my book confessions of a baseball card addict is uh yeah it's a light-hearted read and everything but um y'all it's a serious uh, serious issue but before i get to that i need to vent about something last night uh something that happened yesterday actually so uh you know we we're going to visit my mom and uh she uh so what we did was uh Holly, Atticus, and Beckett, we all got in the car, and uh, we uh, pulled out of our driveway, and Holly goes, hey, babe, look. I looked in our driveway. There's a cat there, and it was breathing really shallow, so apparently there's a cat that was underneath our car, and so I guess I just ran over a cat, and uh, oh, it felt awful. I'm, uh, I guess I'm a sensey when it comes to animals, I suppose, or or anything that, uh, uh, when it comes to, uh, a type of, uh, uh, creature that, uh, feels pain, you know, so I was like, oh man, I felt terrible, so ended up taking, uh, taking the cat to the vet, and it was just, it was a mess, I mean, it was awful, and, uh, you know, the, the vet was very nice, they said that the, that, uh, they would, uh, put the cat to sleep for, uh, uh, under the Good Samaritan, whatever they had, which is real nice. I'm super, you know, thankful for that. And they said, all you have to do is just donate whatever you want and, uh, to help cover the costs and, uh, yeah, we'll take it from there. So, you know, say, so, okay, that's, uh, that's wonderful, but it was just a kind of a really crappy way to <laughs> start off the afternoon there. But anyway, so whew, now that that's off my chest, um, I'll tell you what though, like anytime from here on out, I, uh, get into a car I'm going to be, you know, double and triple checking to make sure <laughs> that there's nothing around because that sucked. Uh, but uh, they said they thought it was a stray, and uh, you know, I don't know. That was a that was a, that was a tough situation there. Um, but uh, anyway, so yeah, uh, needless to say, it's uh, it's going to make me check under the car four or five times <laughs> each time I uh, get behind the wheel now. And I don't know. It's not like we. Uh, ran in the car and uh, peeled out down the road. I mean, it takes a while to get Beckett in his uh, car seat and everything, so I guess the cat just didn't want to move. But anyway, so enough cat talk. Let's uh, let's go to card talk here. So this is kind of uh, something that was on my mind uh, recently, which is interesting, is uh, I remember that there was a husband and wife that were talking on uh, Facebook uh, back and forth, like very publicly. And the wife 
was upset. I mean, she was livid. She was talking about how uh, her husband was just spending so much money on baseball cards. And I, I get the sense that a lot of the viewing public that was reading this stuff probably didn't understand. Uh, like, why would, you know, first of all, why would this guy spend money on baseball cards, especially enough to make it to the point where they're going to, uh, you know, have marriage problems. But uh, it was it was pretty ugly for a while. So, uh, and, you know, it was obviously entertaining for the people that were reading, but I felt for this guy and for this, uh, for this lady because clearly there's a problem. And, uh, uh, you know, I've, I've kind of talked about this in the past before as well. It's a, uh, very large running joke for all of the collectors out there. Uh, oh, mail days are secret. You know, I run to the mailbox and bring them back in as quickly as possible. So my wife doesn't find out. And, uh, it's kind of like a running joke for everybody in the hobby. It seems like that's married, which is kind of unfortunate. Um, cause you know, you don't want to hide anything from your spouse, but, uh, anyways, it was, uh, uh, kind of a strange thing for me to realize that it wasn't just one, two or three people, uh, that were doing this. This is like, it seems like it's almost across the board and like, just kind of, you know, what? <laughs> wow. I've seen polls that people did like, Hey, am I the only one that hides my mail days from my wife or is there anybody else out there also? And, you know, overwhelmingly everybody says, yeah, I hide it too. And all this. And I'm like, holy cow, that's, uh, that's, that's rough. So, uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I, uh, uh, I felt like I needed to address that here because, <laughs> uh, that's definitely not a healthy, uh, thing in a marriage. And the, remember this meme, it said, my greatest fear in life is when I die, my wife will sell my collection for as much as I told her that I spent on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, join in on this, uh, in this culture, uh, of this, uh, bad habit really, because, uh, I don't think it does anybody any, any good. So, uh, you know, I have a couple, couple suggestions. First of all, just to put bluntly, you know, stop it, <laughs> you know, knock it off as far as uh, hiding things. Uh, there's a, there's going to be a problem if, uh, uh, if, if things are being hidden in the marriage and it's not going to, you know, who knows, maybe it's easier to, uh, hide other things in the marriage as well, if this is uh, what you're doing also. So with that said, I'm, I want to give you some practical, uh, tips. First of all, uh, the way to go about it, I would say, uh, to start off, is to uh, play offense and defense on this. And I've talked about offense and defense in the past, but let me, let me tell you what that means specifically in this instance. Uh, so from an offensive perspective, uh, if you can make money in this hobby and you can kind of have it be like a self-contained thing, that's fantastic. And uh, plus, it helps... Uh, whenever you have to talk to your wife about it and say, you know, she goes, wait, you spent $2,000 on, on baseball cards this month helps a lot more. If you could say, well, yeah, I mean, I sold $2,000 worth or, you know, $1,500 or $2,500 worth or whatever it is this last month. And it doesn't even have to be that big of a, you know, that big of an amount. And remember 
uh, my mom told me about my dad. Uh, one time she said, yeah, I found out that your dad spent like $100 one month on baseball cards. And this is like back in the 80s or 90s, you know. And I was like, wow. And uh, as an adult, I mean, that's like nothing. I mean, remember back then, that was like the days of the 50 cent pack, <laughs> you know, so big difference. But um, uh, anyways, nowadays, so even if it's like, if it's going to be something in your budget that's, you know, that's not in your budget to do 50 or $100, uh, you know, it would be very helpful to be able to say, well, to your wife, you know, well, hey, look, yeah, I spent 50 or $100, but uh, I also sold 50 or $100 and uh, worth of cards. So that, that's going to help out tremendously. So uh, on offense, I mean, I've talked about this at length in my book as well as on my podcast several episodes ago on how to sell cards. Um, you know, and a lot of it is just really time. Uh, you have like a different set of glasses that you put on your face uh, to look on eBay whenever you're buying to resell. And uh, it takes a lot of time. It takes whole whole different mindset. It's not a mindset of, you know, ooh, I see card, I click buy now. You know, it's, it's not that at all. It's something where you have to educate yourself on pricing to see if there are things that are under, undervalued or underpriced. Um, uh, purchase on eBay or anywhere else and then, you know, turn around for, for, a, a profit, you know, that'll, that'll be very helpful, uh, to your marriage. I think it'll do a number of things. So primarily, uh, number one, you could make sure that this doesn't become a money pit of a hobby. And number two, I, th- I think that'll alleviate the, uh, desire that you may have to, uh, uh, you know, lie or, or, you know, be deceitful whenever it comes to talking about, uh, you know, how many hobby dollars are going towards your hobby. So, uh, as far as defense goes, um, I'm really starting to think about this as, uh, as, as it like an honest to goodness addiction for people. Um, especially the, uh, the box breaking case breaking life, the, uh, the, the razzing, and all that. And so I've talked about razzing before. I'll say it again. Uh, razzing is uh, typically done in Facebook groups where somebody has a $100 card or a $1,000 card, whatever it is, but we'll start with a $100 card. And they sell 10 spots for $10. And uh, it's randomized off afterwards. And, you know, let's say if number seven wins, then the purchaser of slot number seven wins the $100 card for $10. Uh, you know, it's gambling, you know, I mean, but really, uh, pack box and case breaking is gambling as well (laughs) to an extent. So, uh, but anyway, so, uh, I understand like I am probably not to as great of a degree as probably many of you do because I just haven't really, I don't have a whole huge, like super big desire to open product. I would much rather go for singles because uh, I don't like the uncertainty of uh, of anything. I remember opening a few boxes in the past and going, man, like, uh, you know, spending 75 to 150 $200 on a box and getting nothing. And it just feels awful. <laughs> I just can't get over it myself. Uh, that's just uh, That's just me personally because if it's not something that I love, I sell. And so... 
when I'm dropping 200 on a box and I get 40 worth of resale, thinking, well, that was like a $160 lottery ticket and I don't buy lottery tickets. <laughs> so anyways, all that to say, um, you know, one thing that, uh, I was actually just, uh, uh, finishing up a book, uh, wish I remember what it was called, uh, Atomic Decisions, I think it was, something like that, but, uh, anyways, it was, it was kind of like a, a goal setting type of book, and, uh, one of the things they talked about, which is very applicable here, um, is, uh, you're really kind of a product of your environment to an extent, and in this situation, uh, the way I think it's helpful is whatever you feed yourself is what you're going to crave. So if you feed yourself a steady diet of looking on eBay, you're going to crave getting cards off eBay. The way to combat that, and I think it's just a fantastic way of doing it, uh, is uh, to set cards in your own collection uh, on your desk, uh, you know, on the, you know, anywhere that you're, that you normally congregate to and, uh, you know, put some of your favorite cards on there, switch them out. And, uh, the reason why I say that is because when they're out there, uh, as you get bored or, or things get tedious at work or whatever, you have a pile of cards that you can look through and you can be intentional about being appreciative of the cards that you have. Um, I've employed this method for the last several months myself and it has worked wonders. Like my brain has, uh, has, uh, been looking at, uh, what I have and I go, man, that's just such a pretty card. Look at this. And, you know, I, you know, another way that I go about it is I'll do these little videos or pictures and post them online. And I enjoy the feedback because it kind of helps give me another perspective and adds a new dimension for my, uh, for my hobby here. But, uh, guys, it works. It works so much more. Like when you, when you put your eyes on things that you don't have, uh, more than the things that you have, you want those things that you don't have more than you're thankful for the things that you already have. And, uh, you know, I mean, I can, I can attest to that. That's, uh, that's exactly how it's been for me. So, uh, uh, and plus I'll tell you what, I've just, I've really fallen in love with some of these cards that are like not worth as much, uh, you know, like as far as the nineties inserts and parallels go. And, uh, even some of the newer ones, like, uh, like the, uh, 2018 Bowman's best atomic refractor, uh, that card guys, Oh, I mean, it's probably not more than like a five or $10 card, but that thing is beautiful. Like, these cards that uh, that we have and can get, uh, they don't have to be like monumentally rare or expensive to be able to really enjoy them. Uh, you know, that's uh, just part of the game there is, is really kind of putting the time in and seeing what you really do like. So another idea I had uh, for everybody out there that might want to figure out how to uh, curb the, uh, the cardboard crack addiction, <laughs> so to speak, is uh, to impose your own limits. And so uh, it makes it kind of a game uh, to be able to impose your own limits, your a budget uh, per month. And uh, it's, it's very satisfying when you, when you stay within that budget and you get some things that are like really amazing. And also it keeps you more accountable for where your dollars are going. And uh, if you don't have a budget, then 
you see a card uh, that you really want, uh, and you might say, ah, oh, forget it. I'm just going to go ahead and click buy it now. I just don't want to, you know, have a problem of uh, uh, or run into the worry with, uh, you know, possibly this card being gone and picked up, picked up by someone else. Uh, you know, yeah, that's going to happen if you're on a budget. But the great news is that we need to remember that there's absolutely no way we can get everything out there. So in light of that, we also need to remember that there is a glut of super rare stuff out there. <laughs> so if you miss one super rare card, guess what? There's 11 billion super rare cards uh, out there also that you can, that you can get. So uh, and as far as increasing budget goes, a couple ways you can do that. Number one, go back to the beginning of this podcast, uh, sell, you know, that will help. Uh, you know, if you, uh, if you have a budget of a hundred a month and you can sell 300 a month, then, you know, obviously if you want, you know, you can raise that budget and, uh, get more cards. Another way to do it. And this is kind of a fun thing uh, that I would think. Imagine if you instead took the budget that you uh, have for like going out to eat or going to the movies. I'm not talking about like uh, sacrificing, uh, you know, great time and entertainment with your family. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about the times that you might go uh, drive down to McDonald's yourself or, uh, or some of these other places. Uh, you know, uh, instead, you know, consider uh, uh, cutting those out and seeing how much money you could save and use that money for cards as well. And, uh, you know, on top of that, I mean, gosh, <laughs> such a healthier idea uh, to uh, put those dollars toward uh, the hobby as opposed to, uh, you know, just horrible for you food. I mean, you know, look, I'm, <laughs> I personally love McDonald's. <laughs> I don't really hardly ever get it, but, uh, but yeah, I, I understand that the, uh, the pull would be strong to, uh, uh, you know, continue getting those, uh, those quick meals or snacks from, uh, from fast food places and stuff. But, uh, you know, that's kind of a, kind of a double whammy there though. You know, you can, uh, you can be more healthy, uh, while you save money so you can put it into the hobby. So, uh, yeah, I mean, those are just a few ideas. If you have any ideas also on, uh, on how, uh, you budget and, uh, you know, if you have any other ideas for, for other folks out there, uh, that might be dealing with, uh, with this actually as a legitimate addiction, <laughs> uh, feel free to reach out and, uh, you know, let me know. I'm on Twitter at TamManBBFan, uh, and email TamManBaseballFan at gmail.com. And uh, y'all, that's all I have for tonight. So uh, I'm looking forward to hearing your feedback. Please feel free to like, subscribe, and share this podcast. And uh, tomorrow, I think tomorrow I'm going to have uh, Matt uh, on uh, the podcast for an interview. And he's uh, co-host with Greg over there at uh, the Essential Credentials podcast that you can find on YouTube. And eventually, I hope to get Greg on as well. Uh, I was actually just chatting with him uh, about two minutes before I started this. So uh, it'd be great to have those guys on. So, all right. Well, I hope everybody has a great night. Thanks for listening.